0: Hello, and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly podcast that takes a look at popular songs of the past and dives into their history, their meaning, or any other things that might be of interest surrounding those songs. My name is Claude Cole, and I am so excited, I just can't hide it. If you have any suggestions or questions of your own, or if there's a song you'd like me to look into, or if you'd like me to stop saying things like, I'm so excited, I just can't hide it, well, please feel free to email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at HowGoodItIsPod, and you can check out the website, HowGoodItIs.com, for some additional tidbits about the show. You know, Billboard magazine once referred to the band The Buckinghams as the most listened-to band of the year 1967, and they weren't kidding. The Buckinghams had five, count them, five songs to reach the charts, and they all charted during 1967. Kind of a Drag was released in December of 1966 and hit number one in February of 67. Don't You Care entered the Hot 100 in early March and went to number six. With all the other guys in town, can't you see, you all hurting me, don't you care, don't you care. Mercy, Mercy, Mercy went to number five in August of that year. Hey baby, they're playing our song was released in September and peaked at number 12 on the Billboard chart. We fell in love, just like in the Hey baby at the player I song. The one they used to play when we used to get along. Hey baby, the player I song. Get back together that's where we belong and finally susan capped out the year with a december release and a climb to number 11 in the u.s Now of those five songs, only one of them was a cover. That would be Mercy Mercy Mercy, which was a surprise hit for Cannonball Adderley a year earlier in 1966. Well the Buckingham's liked the song and they added lyrics to it. Now I've seen a report that the lyrics were added by Johnny Guitar Watson and Larry Williams but those names don't appear anywhere on the album or the 45 with respect to the song so who wrote the lyrics? I'm not really sure. But Mercy 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 is not why we're here today. We're here to take a look at the other four hits. For many many years I had a running theory that most of the Buckingham's hits were all about the same person. They all appeared to be these sad sack post-breakup songs about a guy who got dumped. And it was kind of a running gag for me, especially because I also noticed that they were all written by the same person. A fellow named Jim Holvey with Gary Beesburr pairing up with him for three of those tunes. So I finally decided to dive into the mystery. And, as it often happens, the answer practically fell into my lap. And that answer is yes. But let's go back a little bit. The Buckinghams, despite their British-sounding name, was a band out of Chicago. They adopted that name because it sounded reflective of the British invasion, but also because it was a callback to a landmark in the city called Buckingham Fountain. They were the house band for a TV show on WGN called All Time Hits, during which they and several other singing groups would sing and play hits of the past in their own style. The show was a lot like Your Hit Parade in that hit songs were reinterpreted by house-based artists. They got a contract with USA Records, but everything they released uh, didn't really go anywhere. In the meantime, Jim Halvey was writing songs and playing with a seven-member band called The Mob. The Mob was an R&B group also out of Chicago, and to my ear, they sound a little bit like the Dave Clark Five with horns added. To now, Harvey had written a song that he knew he wasn't going to use for the Mob. So he gave it away to a local promoter named Carl Bonafede, and didn't really think anything of it. That song turned out to be kind of a drag. The Buckinghams recorded it, and later on the horns were added to the mix by Bonafide and Dan Belloc, who co-produced the record. In fact, it's the only track on the Buckinghams' first album that has horns. Everything else sounds like they're a garage band. USA Records released the single in November of 1965, and because none of their other records had done anything, at the same time they released the record, they cut the Buckinghams loose. They chose not to renew their contract. Well, that turned out to be a huge mistake on their part because the record was a number one hit by February. And now the band had a number one hit and no label. Fortunately, when you're in that kind of situation, you're also a little bit in the driver's seat. So they got a deal with Columbia Records and started recording their second album right away, which included hits number two and three, Don't You Care and Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. So as I mentioned, all of their charting hits from 1967 turned out to be about the same woman after all. Who was this mysterious woman? As it happens, former lead singer Dennis Tufano tells the story in his live shows nowadays. There's a hint. Dennis doesn't perform with his former band members anymore, but it's not out of any sense of animosity. They had actually done some reunion shows back in 1980, and they did talk about putting the band back together. But by that time, Dennis was performing on the West Coast, and he just wasn't up to all the traveling that would be involved. So he wished the other guys luck, and they tour as the Buckinghams now. He says that legally he can't tour under that name as a result of that agreement, but he's okay with it since he still gets to sing the hits. Anyway, Dennis explains that back in the day, Jim Halvey had a huge crush on a go-go dancer at the Whiskey A Go-Go. That was on the corner of Rush and Chestnut Streets at that time. And that go-go dancer's name was Susie. And Susie and Hulvey had this on-again, off-again relationship. So they would hook up, then they'd break up, then he'd get depressed and write a song about her, and the cycle would start again. Hook up, break up, he'd get depressed, write a song, and start again. The first few were generic songs of Love Lost, but in the last one, he actually addressed her by name. And one of the most controversial tidbits of the Buckingham's career came with an odd little break near the end of the song, Susan, Before it goes into its final section, listen up. Now according to lead guitarist Carl Jim Reese, the band recorded the track, the vocals, and some overdubs, but producer James Garcia had left in several bars of nothing but click track and they kept asking him, what's going on, there's nothing there, and he'd say, yeah, don't worry about it, I have this idea, you guys are going to hear it, it's going to be great. So they went back out on tour and while they were in upstate New York, they got a copy of the Acetate. When they first played it, they thought there was a problem with the test pressing, but no, that psychedelic break was in there on purpose. What you're actually listening to there is an excerpt from a classical piece called Central Park in the Dark, and it was overlaid with somebody saying acid repeatedly. The radio stations hated it, the listeners hated it, the band hated it, and usually radio stations would just edit it out of the record altogether, which was probably just as well. So there you have it, four different hits during a single year, and all of them about the same woman, a dancer named Susie. And that's it for this edition of How Good It Is. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at howgoodpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at howgooditispod. Or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where I usually throw in a few extra tidbits for you. And you can download the show from there if you prefer. Next time, we're going to discover how good it is when people can get together. I'll see you then.